Welcome back to the Snapback with T-Mac. I'm your host, Todd McClure, 14-year NFL veteran, the Atlanta Falcons Ring of Honor, All-American from Louisiana State University. Today, we're going to go through, I guess you'd call it, making a pro. Just kind of want to give you a little background before we get into having our guest on and, um, you know, get dive deeper into to some of these childhood stories I have and then dive deeper into college or high school, college and pro stories with, with different guests. Growing up myself, my dad, when we were young, he was a high school basketball coach at Central High School. My dad, Leo McClure, he was a head basketball coach there at Central. He got that op- an opportunity to go be an assistant basketball coach at Southeastern Louisiana University and then eventually became the head coach there at Southeastern Louisiana University. So myself, my brother Trey, my brother Tana, we grew up in a gym. Our first love growing up was, was basketball. And I think us being in a locker room kind of shaped who we were as teammates and players later on in our career. Myself and my brother Trey both became team captains at LSU. I was a team captain my senior year in football. Trey was a team captain of the baseball team, and I think a lot of that goes back to to us growing up in the locker room. You know, we we played basketball, like I said. My my grandpa Archie, who the people around Central. You're familiar with my grandfather, Archie. He was kind of the godfather of youth sports in the central area. When my dad and my uncles were growing up, he coached them in every sport there was, and he would go pick up neighborhood kids in his truck and bring them to the park or bring them to the gym. And a lot of the athletes back in the day came through their backyard. I mean, we had a, in his gym, in his backyard, he had a goal that could go up and down that he built with with hydraulic shocks. You know, he was a man that was ahead of his time. He built a pitching machine. He was very mechanically inclined also, built a pitching machine before pitching machines even existed. So the coaching background and the sports background, go, a lot of it goes back to my grandfather, Archie. So we played basketball, played my first football there in Hammond for Popeye's. Popeye's Chicken was the name of our team and our motivation every week. So all you guys that played at on that Popeye's team in Hammond, you know who you are. When we get a win, we get a free two-piece and a biscuit. At that time, I, I don't know how much I love football, how much I love being on the field, but that was my start. <laughs> we moved back to Central. My dad becomes the athletic director. He's already coached basketball at Central. He becomes the AD and head football coach at Central High School, where myself and my brothers w- w- would go to high school. Now, I'm a freshman. I probably weighed 220 pounds, uh, played both ways in high school. I was playing D-line, tight end. I was playing more D-line my freshman year. So my freshman year of high school, I played on ninth, played a full ninth grade game, played a full JV game. I think ninth grade, I played linebacker. JV game, I played some linebacker, some D-line. In the varsity games, I was playing D-line. Defensive tackle is where I started. So we go into Crowley. First time that Central has made it to the playoffs in five years, maybe even longer than that. 
And I can remember like it was yesterday. We walk out on the field at Crowley. Crowley's got some studs on their team. Uh, they got two guys. One of them signed with Colorado. The other one signed with Mississippi State. And they were offensive linemen. These were the dudes that I, were, I was going to be going against. So they come out the tunnel. They got smoke. And then Phil Collins. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. And, and that song to this day still gives me chills out on the football field. But their intro coming out on the field, we were done before that game even started. And uh, they stomped us. We, we didn't have a chance. At one point, our, our baseball coach, Randy Blanchard, was the D-line coach. And he goes up to my dad about third quarter, and he goes, Coach, you, might, you need to look at Todd out there. He said, they are killing him. So dad said he watched me for a few plays, and they were double-teaming me, dropping me 10 yards back, 15 yards back, put me on my back. And he was like, leave him in. He's got to learn. And I took some, took some lumps that day, but learned that I needed to get bigger, stronger, uh, to, to be able to compete on the high school football field. So the way we, we started to do that, myself and my brother Trey, we went to, it was a gym not far from us, Coach Gail Hatch, who I tell people all the time was one of the most instrumental pieces in my career for me playing at the college level and playing at the pro level. Coach Hatch was an Olympic strength coach. He taught me how to lift, how to use my body, the right techniques. This guy is truly a legend in this area. You go back and you look at guys that, that went to Coach Hatch at that time, names like Warwick Dunn, Peyton Manning, guys that we watched while we were in there that, that competed at a high level lifting Buster, Buster Bourgeois. Blair Lebrano were guys that were just doing unreal things in the weight room. So we went in and we got a base for lifting, for becoming stronger and faster. And, you know, you can go look up Coach Gail Hatch and the USA Olympic powerlifting team and see the amount of people and the amount of lives that he impacted. And he's a huge part of my success. And I don't take that lightly at all. So my sophomore year, we go to Baker High School, go to play at their home field. Coach Curly Hallman, who was a coach at LSU, at the, the head football coach at LSU at that time, happens to come to that game. Had no idea at the time. Uh, found out later. But he's coming to watch a couple offensive linemen that were being highly recruited over schools uh, across the southeast and all over the country. He comes to the game, and he's sitting in the press box. Just so happened that game – I kind of went off a little bit on the defensive line. Uh, I had five sacks in that game. So he's in the press box, and he asked a few people, who's that kid for, L for, for Central, number 89, and they told him it was Todd McClure. He goes, I'll be back to watch and see how his high school career pans out. Steve Ensminger was one of the guys early on that had an impact on the, the path that my career took. For those of you that don't know Steve, Steve was a quarterback at LSU, went on to spend a little bit of time in the NFL, also in the Canadian Football League. But I think his, his biggest, where you, where you know him from, is from coaching, co coaching college football. Coached all over the, the southeast part of the country. Coached at Georgia when Eric Zire was there, and they made their run in the early 90s. Then he went to Texas A&M, where... I want to say Bucky Richardson was there during that time, and he had some good teams there. And then he's been at Louisiana Tech. He's been at Auburn and then finished up his career at LSU with a guy named Joe Burrow, 
that most of you may know about. He tells my dad, he's like, look, if Todd, if he wants a chance to play college ball, you know, because I was playing tight end, I was playing defensive end, he said he needs to move to center. I would start the game with a number 55 on. I would play two series at center just to get game film for colleges to be able to see. And then I would take the jersey off, put on number 89, and I'd go back to tight end and defensive end. And that was the spot where I could help the team the most. But my future was at center. So I I tell you all that to say, you know, Steve Insminger saw something early on and advised my dad and myself that, you know, if I want to play college ball, I need to move to center. And it wound up being pretty, uh, he he was right on with that because it worked out. LSU and their coaching staff really showed up to, to start watching me more my junior season. We were playing University High at, at University High, which is actually on LSU's campus, and Coach Phil Bennett was a tight ends coach. He's coming to the game to watch me to see if they will offer me the scholarship. So he shows up, and I knew they were going to be there. My first half was lights out, and I played both ways, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And we go into halftime, and I am gassed. I'm done. And in the second half, I couldn't do anything. I don't think I made a play on either side of the ball, so I didn't know what my future was going to be with LSU, if they were going to still honor that scholarship or what was going to happen. It just so happened the next day, we were going, myself and my brother, Trey, were going to an LSU game. So they bring all the recruits in. Uh, the hosts are there. They wine and dine you a little bit. And then the coaches come in and talk to the, the families and the players a little bit before they go out on the field on a Saturday to play their game. I think it was Coach Buckley at that time actually came in the room and my dad really didn't feel good about my performance. So he, he called Coach Buckley to the side and, and asked him or, or told him, he said, Coach, I want to apologize for what y'all saw last night. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? What, what do you think we saw? He said, you know, you saw a guy that showed up in the first half but didn't do anything in the second half. And I'll let my dad get into that story a little bit more about how it went and me get my, my scholarship offer after that. Early Holman and his staff, they have a bad season. Uh, his staff gets fired. We were a little bit worried. Jared Nardo was hired as a new coach, and we didn't know if Coach Nardo and his staff was going to honor the scholarship that Coach Holman's staff had offered me. My senior season, they wanted to see a little bit more. Hal Hunter was a new, new offensive line coach who taught me so much in my career at LSU. He taught me things that I used uh, all the way through the NFL. With my technique, he was a great technician coach. Anyway, he comes, and he comes to a game at McKinley. We're playing McKinley High School. I was just coming off of a high ankle sprain, and I knew Coach Hal Hunter was going to be there. He shows up at the game, and I see him off to the distance standing and watching. And he watched a few plays. I'm sorry. He watched a few series, and then he leaves. And come to find out, He saw me make a few plays on defense, and he said he saw enough, went back, told Coach Gennardo that they needed to go ahead and honor that scholarship offer. Coach Gennardo came to our house. I can remember uh, we lived in a little bitty house in Central, and we probably had every McClure that ever existed was all in that house. And, you know, we were sitting around 
just talking, you know, and before he left that day, he said, look, you know, uh, Coach Hallman's staff has, has offered you a scholarship. Coach Hal Hunter's seen enough. He's seen you move. He likes the way you move. So we want to honor that scholarship. On the way out, and I didn't know this at the time, my dad tells Coach Donardo, he says, you're getting a better player than you think you're getting. And Coach Donardo looks at him and he says, only time will tell. So we go fast forward uh, to my freshman year at LSU. I can remember going in. I was fifth or sixth on the depth chart at center. You know, didn't have a ton of snaps in high school at center. And they were trying to change the culture there at LSU. So I had to work my way up. And I can remember my Uncle Rip telling me, he said, Todd, when you go out there, the first time you line up, he said, it could be the biggest, baddest dude that you have ever seen. You got to go try to knock his in the dirt. And we used to call it Advil drill. It was where, and this was our first live contact. I remember it like it was yesterday. Linebacker lines up 10 yards from the offensive lineman. We're staring each other straight in the face, and there's a cone at the five-yard mark, and you're going to meet at the cone, and it's basically just who is the baddest dude. So you kind of stand in line, and you don't know who the guy, who, who you're going to go against. It's whoever falls out, whoever's up there. Well, I come up, and it's my turn, and I look across, and it's Mike Calais. Mike Calais was an All-American the year before at LSU, and I'm like, this is it. And I'm, I'm telling myself my, in my head, Uncle Rip said, you got to do it. So I meet him, and I can remember we meet at that cone, and I got under his chin and lit him up. And for me, that was kind of the point, me telling myself, you know, you can do this. You could play with these guys. Our first game was at Texas A&M. I think I went into that game. I was third on the depth chart. It was Marcus Carmouche, a uh, good buddy of mine, Rusty Barrio, and, you know, myself was third. I didn't see a snap in that game, and good thing I didn't. It was hot. I can remember big Sam Adams was on that D-line who had a great career in the NFL. But that was the first time I got to suit up with a Tiger uniform on against another team. And, man, that was a special feeling. So we progressed through that season. So this is game seven or game eight. And we're playing North Texas. North Texas was pretty bad. I think we wind up winning that game 49-7. to seven. But in the fourth quarter, may even been late in the third quarter, Coach starts rolling guys in, you know, whether it's D-line, defensive backs, whoever it was. Coach Leonardo calls me over, and he goes, McClure. He said, uh, we got a decision to make. It's like, Coach, what are you talking about? I, and I didn't think, I didn't know that, that I was going to get the opportunity to go in the game. He goes, what you want to do about your red shirt? Now, this is in the middle of Tiger Stadium, on the field, on the sideline, and he asked me if I wanted to, basically, if I wanted to go in the game, you know, because if I go in the game and I know it's a certain amount of snaps, you know, then I have to burn my red shirt year. And any, any player, any kid that, that has practiced that whole season and they get to ask that question, do you want to go on the field? Yes, sir. Coach, I want to play. I go in that North Texas game, get a few snaps, my first snaps in live action in Tiger Stadium. Our next game, we go to... Uh, Alabama. I think at the time Alabama was ranked number 14, number 15 in the country. I was feeling pretty good about the week before, but didn't think that, that I would get an opportunity to go in that game. I just thought I'd be there as a backup emergency situation. So we're going through, we play the first half. 
the last snap of the first half, our starting center, Marcus Carmouche, gets hurt. So we go into the locker room, and everybody's a little antsy around. And Hal Hunter, I can remember it like it was yesterday, he walks out of the, the little medical office where they had Carmouche in there, and he looks at me and he goes, Matt, he said, you're up. And, you know, I think at that point, you know, I, I went numb. I was about to be the starting center for the LSU Tigers against, and we'll go out there at, against Alabama at Alabama. So we go in, and luckily for me, to my right, I have a guy that, that now is in the NFL Hall of Fame and Alan Fanica. To the left of me is Mark King, who is a guy that taught me so much about working, work ethic, what it took to be an offensive lineman. Uh, in college football, he taught me so much. So I kind of had that blanket beside me uh, on both sides of the ball with those two guys. My first start was against Ole Miss in Tiger Stadium. And that was just, you, you hear people talk about it all the time, but when you walk out of that tunnel in Tiger Stadium and you get to run through those goalposts, there, there's nothing like it. And you go back to, like our game when, when Florida was number one, and you run out that tunnel with the electricity that's coming in Tiger Stadium, there is nothing like it in this world. And I, I can't even describe it. it. You know, you get chills, the emotions, you know, you feel the crowd behind you. It is just totally unbelievable. One of the things, or key contributors, I think, to helping me get to, to the NFL was a guy named Booger McFarland. I lined up against Booger McFarland every day in practice and he was a guy that you know made you work he was quick made me learn to do a lot of things that helped me out later on in my nfl career you know and i, I tell him that all the time you know working against him every day in practice helped me be the player that i was eventually able to be working out of the combine getting ready for the draft you know being told the whole time you know you're gonna go from anywhere from third round to fifth round we don't know, you know, I'm six one on a good day. I was 280, 285 coming out of college and undersized as a center. Draft day comes, go all the way through, nothing the first day. Get to the seventh round, and then I get the call from Coach Dan Reeves with the Atlanta Falcons that in the seventh round, they were going to pick me to come to Atlanta to play center, which, you know, that was my dream at that point to get an opportunity to go play. So I get drafted by Atlanta, get there my, my rookie year, have great OTAs, do really, really well, get in the first or second day of training camp and I tear my ACL my rookie year. I didn't know at that point if my career was over or what was going to happen, but luckily they put me on IR and, you know, I, I think I showed enough early on that they wanted to see if I had the ability to keep playing. I came back midway through my second season, missed my whole first season. My second season, halfway through that season, I became the starting center of the Atlanta Falcons and would be the starting center from that year all the way through my 14-year career. Played with the likes of guys of Michael Vick, Warg Dunn, Matt Ryan, uh, Chris Chandler was my first quarterback. Julio Jones. You can look up those stats and the guy that guys that I played with. What an unbelievable career to raise my family and to be with one organization in the NFL. I'm forever grateful to the Atlanta Falcons.
one of the biggest honors I could ever receive. The Atlanta Falcons, a few years after my retirement, put me into the Atlanta Falcons ring of honor. So it was a great career with one team. And to be able to to look up and, you know, used to some some stadiums, they have the names up in, in the stadium, but the ring of honor with the Falcons, it's a designated area in the stadiums. But to, to be there with the likes of Willie Andrews, Deion Sanders, Jesse Tuggle, Claude Humphreys, Barkowski, you can go through the list and to to say that I'm in the ring of honor of a professional sports franchise and to go back to where I started this episode of, you know, where it started at and the end goal. You know, I got to I got to pinch myself sometimes. I was truly blessed to be able to do the things that I did, be able to play games at the places I played and just just a huge honor. Like, share, follow. Keep looking for more content. Thank y'all for listening and watching the Snapback with T-Mac. 